You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Glass onomers and preventive products are very synergistic and beneficial to the patient when restoring and protecting your patient's teeth. Today we'll be discussing the three R's for caries control, restore, recharge, and remineralize. Our guest is Dr. Brian Novi, Chief Dental Officer at the Alliance Dental Center in Quincy, Massachusetts. He holds faculty positions at three dental schools and has been recognized by the California Dental Association Foundation with the Dugoni Award for Outstanding Contributions to Dental Education. In 2009, the American Dental Association awarded Dr. Novi and his office the title Adult Preventive Care Practice of the Year. That's very impressive. Dr. Novi, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you very much, Phil. It's great to be here. Yeah, and I want to let our listeners know that you gave a super uh, enthusiastic, informative webinar in June called Ending the Curse of Caries. It's on VivaLearning.com. I got to tell you, if you're a dentist, it's something you have to see. It's a fantastic webinar, more energy than a rock concert. And um, it was just, it was great. It was uh, entertaining. It was great. It's funny because I was watching it and my wife was in my office. She's not a dentist. But she did work with me when I was practicing endo, and she was listening to you, and she stopped and started listening, and she, like, was hanging around listening to your webinar because she thought it was so wow. engaging. Yeah, so hats off to you on that one. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the three R's for caries control, and it's restore, recharge, and remineralize. So to begin, my first question is, how is glass restorative technology ideal for minimally invasive dentistry? Thank you for your opening comments, Phil. I just have to say we we'd have to do another um, webinar because I have I'm almost done with that case that I started off the webinar with of this patient who had rampant tooth decay due to medication induced xerostomia, and I'm almost done doing full mouth reconstruction with glass ionomer. And um, so when you're when you ask me the question why is why is it ideal for minimally invasive dentistry. I'm beginning to think it's more so than ideal for minimally invasive restorative dentistry. It's, it's ideal for kind of any sort of dentist who's trying to manage caries disease, which is ravaging a patient, whether it's minimally invasive and you're trying to stop a little kiddo from getting tooth decay in the future, or if it's these really extreme patients where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm doing apple core preps on all these teeth, and or I've got this severe root caries, and what the heck am I going to put on this on this patient's mouth to just kind of stop the fire and, and at least get it to stop burning and start smoldering or the patient can't afford these gigantic uh, cases of full crowns on every tooth. And, and so why is it ideal? It's ideal because number one, it's going to chemically fuse to the tooth and we've all seen large composite restorations get dark lines around them. Um, I actually showed in the webinar the, uh, I think I showed the margins of composite restorations that I've taken some scanning electron micrographs of with some dental students who were really forward thinking and took impressions of these restorations in a patient's mouth. And, and I remember looking at those first SEMs with them and going, oh my gosh, you mean, you mean the margin is open that much on a, on an old mm-hmm. composite? And so you've got a, you've got a chemical fusion between the, the glass ionomer technology to the, the hydroxyapatite of the tooth crystal. So that chemical fusion between calcium in the tooth and uh, and the calcium aluminofluorosilicate glass um, and strontium-based glass as well, that chemical fusion zone allows this ionic interchange between the restoration and the tooth. So you can you can rest assured that that chemical fusion zone is actually exchanging ions with the tooth, and and you have a bond now between the restoration, which is stronger than any bond within the filling itself. And that allows you to 
Um, you don't need retention in your preparations. You can leave caries affected dentin, and uh, you don't have to worry. Uh, as I, would, I hate to say you don't have to worry about moisture control because I'm always worried about moisture control with gingival curricular fluid and saliva. But it's a lot more forgiving than trying to keep the, than trying to keep a really dry field. Um, and I personally, uh, I know it's my opinion, but I, I personally don't think you can get a really good bond to caries affected dentin, which is demineralized, because the dentin bond with composite is re it requires a collagen matrix, which has been degraded by matrix metalloproteinases during the decay process. And so if those are degraded and you're heavily relying upon those collagen fibers, I always wonder why do we use a why do we expect to get a good bond to caries affected dentin when I can put a, a glass technology on there which fuses onto the remaining calcium which is in the tooth. Right. So that was a very long winded response, Phil, and I'm sorry no, no, but that I, was, I, that was I excellent. geek out on this. I geek out on this stuff. So. Yeah, I know, but it's you're the world expert on glass onomers. So well, oh, my what, gosh. I mean, the disadvantage to using a glass armor, let's talk about that just to play devil's advocate. Um, okay. It doesn't have the strength as a com that a composite does, and it doesn't have right. it doesn't have the aesthetics necessarily as as a restorative composite. But it, but like you said, it puts out the fires, and it has health wise for the health of the tooth. There's just so many more advantages to maintain at least a caries arrested environment where it doesn't get like you said, it doesn't get worse. Right. And and yes, I agree. I completely agree. It doesn't have the, the same aesthetics and the translucency of uh, composite, although there's a there's a new highly translucent glass ionomer, which has recently come on the market. Uh, there's an HT formulation of uh, the Equia uh, product, which is a strontium based glass ionomer, which I've started using the HT. I've been using it uh, longer than it's been available to most dentists. Um, and I've, I, I find that the aesthetics of that are, are we're getting better and better all the time. If you're really worried about the aesthetics of a glass ionomer restoration, that's where I pick up the resin modified glass ionomers, because I find that if you impregnate the surface with the coating agent that comes with it as you're actually placing the restoration. So I'm taking, taking my, my sculpting instrument, my, my, my flat ended condenser, placing a coating agent, kind of impregnating the surface of it with the coating agent, and then light curing the whole thing, I get some pretty darn good aesthetics. And I've shown cases in my lectures of doing glass animer veneers with the old old school Fuji 9 GP Extra, and I've got Fuji 2 veneers. And what I find is over time in a patient's mouth, they actually take on almost the same shade of the tooth. And I never thought that I, over time, you would see a material getting more and more aesthetic, but that's what I find happening in my office. And that, that patient that I shared on the webinar, and thanks for giving a plug for it, um, Janice's case, uh, they, she has conventional glass animal restorations in all of her anterior teeth. And every week that I see her, because we have a standing appointment on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock now, uh, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, wow, those are starting to look really, really good. And, and, and she agrees. She's, she's happy with the aesthetics and she's happy with the fact that we kept everything small. And, um, I remember thinking as I was spoon excavating out circumferential decay in her lower incisors going, oh my gosh, please don't, the big red is right there beneath me. And, and, um, I mean, what, what hope do I have? But it seems like we've really stabilized things and, and she's, she's thrilled with the results. And you're right. They're, they're not, you're not going to get the same. The, the aesthetics are never going to compare to composite, but I know that over time, if I leave those glass onomers in there, I can go back and do a little tiny uh, veneer prep on them, and I can bond. I could bond some composite on the top of them, put some flowable on top, and I could I could match the aesthetics of some enamel. But but in Janice's case, she's she's thrilled with what we've been able yeah, to do. Yeah, no, that was that was an amazing presentation, and I remember that case. So, which glass onomers or glass hybrids do you use in your practice? 
that's a question I get all the time from dentists. I am I am a firm believer that you need to be using a strontium-based glass ionomer, and that's key because strontium and glass ionomer technology actually replaces the calcium in the in the hydroxyapatite. So if you think of where strontium is in the periodic table, it's group 2A right beneath calcium. And so that means, if you remember back to general chemistry, that things in the same group in the periodic table can exchange with each other. And so you can replace calcium that's missing from the tooth with strontium from glass ionomers. So um, strontium-based glass ionomers like GC's uh, line of Fuji, those are all strontium-based. I use Equia Forte HT, the new high-translucency one. Um, and I've, I still have large Fuji 9 GP extra restorations, which are holding up really well. And I, my, my rule of thumb is I use conventional glass ionomer for everything except class 3s and class 5s. For class 3s and class 5s, I use a resin-modified glass ionomer like Fuji 2LC. And uh, just because I get the aesthetics and the research says that they bend and flex better with the tooth. So in the class 5 area, there was a systematic review published in the Journal of Dental Materials um, a little while ago now, I think seven years ago, where they actually showed that the only uh, the only adhesive material which fulfills the ADA criteria of a permanent restorative material is a resin-modified glass ionomer when you're actually placing it in a non-carious class 5 lesion. Now, in a really extreme high carious patient, I'll use a conventional glass ionomer in the class 5 because, again, I'm not focusing on aesthetics. I'm focusing on putting out that, that fire of caries in the, in the mm-hmm. mouth. So my rule of thumb is I use Equia Forte as a restored material for everything except for class 3s and class 5s. That And for that, I use resin-modified glass ionomer, and that's just simply for aesthetics. Do you oh, use any um, regular composite restoratives? <laughs> well, um <laughs> Uh, my style of dentistry is if I can't restore a tooth with glass ionomer, I restore a tooth with resin-modified glass ionomer. If I can't restore a tooth with resin-modified glass ionomer, then I lay hands on you and pray. Right. And I, was, I, was, I was taught at Loma Linda University, so that I'm practicing a lot more, um, and I, I can't refer all of my anterior aesthetic cases to, to another dentist in the office like I used to be able to do because I had six dentists in the practice, and I'd say, you know what, you want someone else to do your anterior restoration. Um, I have started doing more and more composites. Um, so I can't I can't make that same claim that I used to if I only use glass ionomer. I, so I do use I do use composite in the anterior if I'm doing like a class four, or if I'm really worried about aesthetics, that's when I'll use composite. But I can't tell you the last time I did a posterior composite. Right, it's been right. more than well over seven years since I did a posterior composite. Mm-hmm. Just all the benefits of glass ionomer, I, I I totally get it. Um, and again, I'm an endodontist, so I'm on the other side of the curve. When they come to me, you know, they're way past any of this stuff. But um, right. But, but, but Phil, if I can ask, I'm sorry, can I put you on the spot oh, yeah, for a second? Oh yeah, sure, please do. Um, cause I, I've told my endodontist, when I, when I refer someone to endo, um, I always say, can you please put in a glass ionomer to seal over the top of your restoration? Because don't you as endodontists realize the, the superior sealing effect of a glass ionomer to a composite, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and especially, I mean, if the tooth is going to be crowned, why not use a glass ionomer core? Right. Um, that's right. going to be, as you said, chemically, there's going to be an ion exchange going on and you're going to get a much better seal. Absolutely. I mean, if it's not going to be absorbing all the occlusal forces and there's a crown on it, <clears throat> I recommend a glass ionomer as well. Can I also add, I had a, I, um, got a call from a dentist the other day who said, um, I've been, I, you know, I, I, I went to one of your lectures and I, and I started doing glass ionomer and I'm watching, I'm not getting the same success in a, in a pediatric practice. And I'm doing I'm doing everything you said. Um, that surprised me because I, like I said, I haven't done a posterior class two composite or amalgam in years. I only do glass ionomer, 
and I don't see failures. Um, I just, I, unless those patients just never come back to me, um, I see I see great longevity with my class twos. And I think when people see failures, it's usually because as they're contouring the restoration, they've got an assistant there suctioning and drying out the glass ionomer. And the, the moment you start seeing glass ionomer start to dry out and get white and opaque and chalky, if you looked at with microscope, you would see these fractures developing in the material. Hmm. And it's fracturing violently. And that means it's going to prematurely fail. So I always, my assistants, if you, if you ever spend some time in my, my office or come to one of my lectures in Boston and, and my assistants from the audience, I will call them out and say, what is the cardinal sin of working with this material? And it is don't dry it out. Don't suction while I'm working on it. Just leave it alone. Let it sit there and let it mature. And if I'm finishing it, we're going to finish it under water spray because glass animal hates to dry out. And I think if I, as long as you get a, a good, Judge of a floor in any box that you're doing, and you, you've got a, you've got some surface area for compressive forces to be absorbed by the tooth. Um, if you're not doing this, some really uh, like a chamfer margin, and you've got a little bit of a gingival floor, uh, and you have adequate thickness in the material, you're you're going to get you should have some success. And then coat it with a coating agent while it's setting, impregnate it with some resin. You get even more you get even more compressive strength. And my I, my own dentist wrote a paper called the glass ionomer crown which was mm. a tooth in my own mouth where we got four years of success in a tabletop prep on my own number 19. And she, uh, she injection molded a glass on her tooth on top of number 19, which is broken off the gum line, no pins, no retention, nothing. Um, she just injection molded a glass on her tooth for me. And that thing lasted more than four years. We published wow. a case study in dentistry IQ called the glass on her crown. So that's check impressive. that out. Yeah, that, I, that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm doing with Janice. That's really cool. So, um, great stuff there. Really, really uh, incredible information you just provided us. H- how and why do you, do you use Recaldin technology? Tell us about that whole remineralization process and how do you integrate Recaldin into your practice? So, I think the the benefit of Recaldin is the wonderful thing about glass ionomer is that it it has the ability to recharge with ions. So, there's this dynamic ion exchange, and um, I learned this. I learned about this from two dental students. Um, Danny and Elijah. And Danny and Elijah, if you're listening, um, thank you for teaching me the fact that ions move through glass ionomer. Ions don't move through composite. What Danny and Elijah were able to show me was that you could actually um, you could deplete all the fluoride from a glass ionomer cylinder, and then you could recharge it and get glass and get ions to move 12 millimeters through a column of glass ionomer at a physiologic temperature. Hmm. And they published their research. They presented their research at AADR in 2012. They went to the IADR meeting. They, they did a poster presentation on the research in 2013. And that you, you have to realize these are two uh, second-year dental students, I think, at the time, who were geeking out on measuring fluoride kinetics. And I was like, you guys, nobody cares. This stuff is so <laughs> Nobody cares. Who wants to study the speed of fluoride ions? And they geeked out on it. And it was really, really cool. that. And so I, I'll, I'll always remember them coming to me, running, running into my office, saying, "Oh my God, Doctor Novi, how fast do you think glass? How do you fast do you think fluoride moves?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like we calculated the speed of fluoride ions. I'm like you guys are, you're too geeky for hardcore, me. But, hardcore fluoride crazy oh, people. Yeah, exactly. And I, and you, I'm not that hardcore fluoride crazy, but um, although on Twitter I'm being attacked by the anti-fluoridationists right now, um, but that's okay. Um, but your question was about recaldin. So yeah. just understanding that you have ion exchange with glass ionomer. Um, I, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to um, improve the prognosis for my treatment. So I put patients on a, on a caries management protocol. And, and in our office, we have a whole cornucopia of preventive products that you can choose from. But I always say, hey, 
would you like to try something that tastes like a creamy Jolly Rancher? And it's like leave-in conditioner for your teeth at night, like supercharge your, your restorations with, with ions while you're sleeping because we can, glass ionomer is like, is like concrete. It's going to mature over time. And as it sits in the minerals in your saliva and as you provide it with more minerals, it'll get stronger and harder and harder and harder. And so, um, we give our patients an option. Do you want to switch up your toothpaste? Do you want to try a mouthwash? Do you want to use a gel or a cream? Uh, do you want to change your diet? Would you like to suck on a lozenge, chew on a, um, chew on gum? What, what's going to fit into your routine the best? And oftentimes they say, well, I don't want to do anything different. I just want to use toothpaste. Now we have something like MI Paste 1, where if they, you know, it's, it's MI Paste and a toothpaste now, brush your teeth with that recharge your restorations. And and this isn't really new technology. I mean, Shofu for a while has been um, making a, a, a PRG barrier coat, pre-reacted glass enema particle coating agent for you to recharge their, their gyoma restorations. So manufacturers know that we can recharge restorative materials. And so um, uh, I think personally, the, the best tasting product is is MI Pace. So Recaldent is a great way to, to recharge your restorations and, and improve the prognosis because they're not going to deplete, you're not going to deplete them all with the ions in, in, uh, in saliva. If you're drinking a lot of water throughout the day, those restorations are continuously releasing their, their chemistry. And so why not recharge them at night while you're sleeping? Yeah, that makes total sense. So you don't use this protocol just for patients that are high risk carries patients, right? No, no. So if you, if you come to our office and I'm actually, um, I just submitted a paper to the Michigan Dental Society to, to Chris Smiley, who's the new editor of the journal out there. He said, Brian, can you, can you write a paper on your caries management protocol at your office? So I actually wrote out a caries management protocol. We're going to be publishing, hopefully, if Chris accepts it, we're going to, um, we put the table of all of our preventive products in there. Cause, um, for a long time, I've been, I've always thought in my, and I've kind of given the impression to other dentists that it's all about giving the patient the right therapy. And I've changed my, I've changed my tune on that. It's all about finding the therapy the patient will actually use, right? And I think that chlorhexidine mouthwash is a great anti-caries agent. The problem is it tastes like crap and it makes everything else taste like crap for about a week after you stop using the stuff. So what likelihood is that the patients are going to use a mouthwash, which makes them hate the taste of their favorite food? Mm-hmm. So you got you have to be able to give your patient a product that they actually like using. And full disclosure, I just saw an 11-year-old kid today in my chair, Kevin, and uh, he set a goal three weeks ago that he was going to try to use in my page at night before he went to bed. So I asked him, he's like, hey, Kevin, how's your goal going? He goes, I don't like it. And I was dental school. Well, if a patient says they don't like something, but you know it's right for them, you just tell them, well, you need to do it. But the reality is they're not going to do that. Yeah, they won't, I mean, they won't use it. They won't use it. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I can, hand, I can hand someone the greatest preventive product in the world, but um, if it doesn't fit into their routine, if they don't like it, it's not going to work for them. Yeah, so, so your, your whole culture in your office, ever since you started practicing pretty much, <clears throat> and you've emerged into the, you know, one of the premier preventive care practices in the country and one of the premier um, experts in this field, every dentist in the world should be practicing like you. And I'm not sure well, and, uh, why they're not. And well, and well, let's be honest, the, the reimbursement model we have in the profession is not incentivized keeping a patient healthy, right? I mean, you don't get paid anything to remineralize a caries lesion. You get paid the most to do the most invasive restoration possible. Right. But you're and a lot, you're a lot happier than all those other dentists. I want to focus on is what, what matters most to the patient, not what's the matter with them. And so I zero, I try to zero in and I say that to the patients. Like, look, I can, I can, I can tell you what's the matter, but what matters most to you? Like what matters most to you is you don't want a toothache. And ultimately, let's be honest, all of our patients, what matters to them is they don't, they don't want to keep coming in getting fillings. 
They, they want to be healthy, but we've got to, we've got to get them to make that realization and verbalize that rather than just say to them, look, you have cavities. You need to brush with this toothpaste. Right. And by right. the way, um, and use this mouthwash, which tastes like crap. Right. So, uh, to wrap up this podcast and it's been really phenomenal having this uh, chat with you and I hope our listeners are getting enlightened on, on the importance and the, um, just the satisfaction as a doctor uh, at running a preventive program like, like you do, which preventive products work best in tandem with glass restorative technologies? And you mentioned recalvin. Is there other, other products you can recommend? Xylitol or, or Kylitol is, is great because you, you stimulate salivary flow. And, and when you stimulate salivary flow, typically the ionic concentration of the saliva goes up. So it, it helps to mature those glass ion restorations over time. So I love, I love Kylitol. Um, I usually put, have patients put it in a, in a bottle of water. So they dissolve a packet of, of Xylitol powder. It, like I said, it's really Kylitol, but I don't want to throw people off with that word. Um, have them dissolve a packet in a bottle of water and sip on that throughout the day. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan of oral probiotics and starting to grow some remineralizing biofilm. Um, so I've, and I, I carried out a randomized controlled trial years ago using the, the probiora lozenge. I think those things are amazing. We never published our, our study, but, um, I still, I use one every night before I go to bed because I, I think they work amazingly well. Um, but when you look at some of the new technology like Curidont, um, I know you're not supposed to use it the way I am. So, um, I suppose we sh- I probably shouldn't say this, but heck, you know what, what the, what the hey, I'm going no, to. Right. Um, some of the times I've, I've started putting Curidont varnish, which is not really a varnish. It's a, it's a P114 protein scaffold that actually penetrates, um, into, uh, any, uh, any demineralized tooth structure with ribbons and, and fibers of, of a self-assembling peptide that attracts calcium and phosphate to it. So we can remineralize lesions deeper than ever before. And when I apply Curidont on top of a glass ionomer, um, I was talking to my, my associate dentist today, Aaron, uh, we were, we were giggling over how geeking out on, on dental materials. And, and I said, have you ever put Curidon on top of glass on when you're done? It literally makes the restoration bling. I mean, it's like, ding. it's just it's really, how do you really spell cool. That? How do you spell that? Curidon or bling? No, no, bling we know. Okay. Curidon, uh, C-U-R-O-D-O-N-T. Curidont. Curidont, okay. Curidont, yeah. And there's a whole product line of Curidon. Like if you're in Europe, pick up Curidon products. They have a great toothpaste, although the name is awful. It's called Candida toothpaste, which is Latin for white. But it <laughs> makes it sound like we're giving patients candidiasis. Right, right. Um, but Bad you name. can buy Curidon gel. Yeah. You can buy Curidon gel. You can buy Curidon toothpaste. There's, they put Curidon in gum and mints, and, and hopefully we'll have Curidon in gum and mints in this country uh, soon enough. But that's an, it's just an amazing technology. Do you have there. a website where you have some of this? All listed out? I do. Um, I probably should be plugging my website, shouldn't I? It's uh, com or net. And holy molar is spelled with a W, so it's W-H-O-L-L-Y-M-O-L-A-R.com or net. Holymolar.com. I've got, uh, I've got some handouts that I use for my courses in there. And um, I've got a, a handout on there called 13 Things. It's 13 things you can do to decrease caries risk in your patients. There's no mention of fluoride varnish, nor is there any mention of the modified bass technique because nobody cares. Phenomenal stuff. Very, very interesting. And um, I knew this would be a very provocative and uh, exciting podcast. When, when I found out that you were on the show, I said, oh, my God, we're getting Dr. Novi. So uh, very happy to have you on, and hopefully we could do more of these. And we definitely need yeah. to have you on another webinar for Viva Learning to follow up on that case that you Absolutely. discussed earlier. 
And uh, until then, if you want to find out more, please visit Dr. Novi's website. You can always Google him. It's Brian Novi, N-O-V-Y, and um, or you can, I guess, Alliance Dental Center. There's a million ways to find you. Um, or Twitter, Brian Novi at Brian Novi one because Brian Novi was already taken by someone. But um, yeah, Brian okay. Novi one on Twitter. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Novi. You've been amazing, and hope to have you on soon. Thank you, Phil. It's been fun.